Welcome back to the Women's Empowerment Podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Sharon Dee, the founder of Ireland's Got Curves, to this episode, where we speak about self-love, and Sharon shares her inspirational journey with us. On this episode of the podcast, we are talking about beauty and the fact that, and I'll quote our guest today, Sharon Dee, founder of Ireland's Got Curves, who says, beauty isn't a size and size doesn't define you. Sharon, you're welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be on with you today. Thank you for having me on. You're so welcome. And, you know, I wanted to talk to you about this topic of what defines us and how we can let that get a little bit askew. And as we're recording this, it's the day after Valentine's Day. And I'm just after finishing up a a journey where where I brought six wonderful ladies on a seven-week course called The Heroine's Journey. And during this journey, we looked at mythological stories, one of them being the story of Psyche and Eros, or Cupid, the god of love. And of course, it being the day after Valentine's Day, nice to bring him into it. But in a nutshell, this is a story of love that tells us how Psyche's empowerment came about through her journey of mastery and self-discovery of herself. So her marriage to Cupid, who wasn't self-chosen and had it had a huge condition put on it. Eros or Cupid, I'm going to call him Eros from now on. He didn't want her to know who he was. And so she was forbidden to ever look at him because if she did, she would realize who he was. So this was very much, this very much defined her marriage. But at some point, her sisters encouraged her to actually look at this man that she was married to. And when she shone a light on him one night and discovered who he was, he fled from her. And this left her heartbroken. Now, he fled because she had the audacity to disobey him. But now the story does have a happy ending, but not before Psyche had to endure some of her own trials and challenges. And some of them she thought they were too hard to ever get through. But she did. And she grew from all these challenges. So she wasn't any longer defined by someone else, not her father nor her mother who had arranged the marriage, not her husband who had uh, set a condition on her. She was just an empowered woman, empowered. And they got back together at the end, a happy ending. But she was a very much more empowered woman. So, Sharon, we all have stories that define us. And I do believe it's the way we choose to look at them that counts. So can you talk to us about your story that brought you to where you are now as founder of Ireland's Got Curves as a a hugely successful event that allows women the right to feel gorgeous, no matter what size, shape, age, height, ability or colour they are. And also, most importantly, they're not defined by anyone else. Sharon, take over. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. It's really when I get asked about my stories, there's so many elements and it's like, where do I begin? But I suppose um, you go back to childhood because a lot of the things that we have, a lot of the stories that we have developed within our own minds that define us is what we picked up in childhood so as a child I was um I never ever felt like I fitted in um I was a brown girl in a white neighborhood that I actually didn't even think that I was brown for a long time um I until I started school and I remember seeing everyone else was white at school and my dad was white and it that was not a not an issue 
but it was things like parts of our culture that were bringing. For example, I remember on a Sunday, you know, you'd go back on Monday and people would be like, oh, I had a lovely roast dinner yesterday or whatever. And I could have just had a curry and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I had a nice roast dinner too. And I did everything to try and fit in. And my height, I was very, very tall. And it was painful for me because the teachers always thought I was older and I was the responsible one. And my peers didn't like me. I was like a bit of a teacher's pet, I suppose. But I suppose the worst thing that I stood out for was um, my religion, or should I say my mum's religion. When I was young, my mum had preachers come calling and um, she joined a religion. Now, my dad didn't get the calling. So we grew up in what was called a divided household when it comes to religion. But um, it meant that I didn't celebrate birthdays. I didn't celebrate Christmas. I didn't, you know, um, go to the assembly in the morning with the school, didn't do um, carol singing or choirs or any of that kind of stuff. And while all of that isn't so bad because not everyone does all that stuff when you're in an environment where everyone else is doing it it makes you feel um left out or odd and i suppose i changed my story in my head um i didn't celebrate christmas but you know you'd hear about santi and you'd be all excited that santi's gonna come and he was magic right and he came to all good children but he didn't come to me and I thought I was a good child and I felt like no matter what I did and I'd look at other girls that I would judge quite blatantly and say they're not nice girls and Santi came to them. And I remember seeing the cornflakes advert and this is where the seed was planted. Um, the cornflakes advert at Christmas, you have the blonde child, um, you know, really cute, adorable little kid. And she finds Santi and Santi comes and tells her, shh, you know that ad? Well, that to me meant Santi didn't come to me because I was brown. Wow. That's a huge story, Sharon, isn't it? And, you know, it goes back to the definition, how we define ourselves by the environment we grow up in. I mean, that's a huge story that you held, isn't it? And a huge oh, absolutely. Story. Yeah. And also, I suppose... Um, I, in school, so I suffered with dyslexia. Now, all of this isn't a uh, sob story. You know, this is just explaining how I got to this, the state that I was in with severe imposter syndrome. So um, I, yeah, lots of things. I was dyslexic. And back then it wasn't diagnosed. And I had a huge problem in school. We did Russian and we did French and language were a huge problem for me. I could barely grasp English, you know, to write, let alone these languages. And Russian has a different alphabet as well, a longer alphabet. And um, nothing made sense to me. But I was actually called stupid by my teachers. I was called dumb. I was told I'd never learn anything. What's wrong with you? And then that was added to my story, you know, of why I didn't fit in. So anyway... The way that I tried to fit in was I tried to impress people and I wore all these different masks and everyone would say, oh, Sharon, you know what? You're so busy. You're great. You wear all these different hats, but they weren't hats. They were masks. Mm. I was never who I wanted to be. I was always who I thought you wanted me to be. And I tried to fit in with you. 
And I told lies, um, nothing malicious, but lies to try and fit in and pretend that I was akin to you, you know. And um, I really lost myself in all of this. And I made some bad decisions based on that. Um, I got married very, very young um, to somebody that it just really, really wasn't appropriate to be married to. And um, it didn't work out. I found myself at 21 um, getting a divorce, two children, homeless, sleeping in my car, and really just not knowing who I was, where I was going. But knowing that I loved these children. So Sharon, do you believe that, like, were you looking for something when you married this man, do you think? Were you, you know, you talk about those masks, which, goodness gracious, we all have um, and we all work through. You know, do you think that when you married, you had a mask, one of those masks on and you were looking for something in the partner that you married? Um. Well, I suppose it went back to, um, I had a boyfriend before, a very innocent boyfriend that was just lovely, and we had split up. And the reason we had split up, I didn't know at the time. Um, I got a note through the door saying that he liked someone else and that, and it broke my heart at that time. You know, I was very young. And um, it was only later that I met him again and found out the real reason. And the real reason was um, because of the religion I was in, we were only to marry within our own religion. He tried to attend, um, you know, in the services that I was with and everything else. And it really didn't suit him. And the reason that he did that was because he didn't want me to choose between him and my God. Wow. So he made it easier for me by making the decision for me. But... What happened was when that decision was made, I rebelled. I just went off the reins. And within two weeks, I had found the man that I was then going to marry. Some of the religion things stuck with me. Um, The fact that you don't have sex before marriage or the person, you know. So I felt that I was committed to this guy um, because of one night when I made an error and misjudgment. I thought that that was my partner for life then. So that was that belief that you had that that fueled the action of what you did. Yeah. And um, I suppose then, you know, you make your bed, you lie in it. And I try to make a very good life with it. Like I grew up in um, Dagenham where Ford's used to be. And after Ford's factory closed down, there was a lot of unemployment. There was a lot of poverty, a lot of people in council houses and this kind of thing, you know. And a lot of my friends would have left school at 16 and got pregnant and got their council flat and played house. And that was their dream. And because I moved away from that area and because I was married and because I was buying my own house and because I could drive and had my own car, I kind of lived a lie in the sense that I was better than that. Even though I was young and with someone, I technically wasn't a teen mum and I was married, you know, that kind of way. So I built this false story. And I used to go back and visit my friends and um, I actually used to envy them because the life I was living was fake, very, very fake. Yeah, everyone was looking at me thinking, oh, Sharon, you know, you made it. 
we wish we could like have our own house in the country and we could do all these things but it was completely fake that's amazing Sharon it is and it is amazing how we can look back and we can see how the story that we lived in you know was something that actually and I always say this like it's our truth at the time and it was your truth but it doesn't mean that necessarily it is the truth Um, and I think it's it's through our growth then and through the trials and tribulations we go through in our life so at what stage did you did you step back and maybe reassess your value system or was that something that came much later in your life as you went on to meet somebody else it came much later I mean um when I got out of that relationship I was told I was too brown too tall too this too that I was um pretty much um living with somebody that was now I know insecure and had to kind of make me feel bad to troll or hold on to me kind of thing but um when I left that relationship, I had two children very quick within each other and I'd put on weight. I was now maybe I'd gone from a size eight to a size 12 um, to 14, maybe. And um, here I was suddenly on my own with the children feeling not good enough, quite frankly. And um, I was living in the car for a while and the kids got sick and. I was walking down the road one day. Now, I hadn't showered. I had no makeup. My hair was greasy in a ponytail where I hadn't properly washed for days. And I was walking down the street in London and a woman came up to me and she said, "Um, are you a model? And I looked at her and I just thought, what are you talking about? You know, and she told me, "Um, you're a really great figure for plus size modeling. Have you ever considered modeling? And I was kind of waiting for the cameras to come out saying it was a prank <laughs> or something. I didn't know what was going on. Um, and she gave me her car. Pure desperation of the w- situation I was in that I actually rang that number because I wouldn't have, you know, and if I was in my own comfortable house and everything else, I wouldn't have rung that number. But I rang that number and um, she got me modeling. Wow, phenomenal. And she got me work. and. A thousand thousand pounds sterling in one day. So I went, not every day, but that was (laughs) my highest paid day. So I went from um, really what I had thought at the time was my lowest point in my life. It actually wasn't, but I thought that was the lowest point in my life um, to, um, you know, earning money. I um, did get my council flat, but I bought it from the council and I put myself through college um, and raised the two children to a certain age. And then um, when they were older, I sold the flat and with that money, I moved to Ireland. Gosh, you've got you've had some wonderful experiences, Sharon, haven't you? You've, you know, you, you know, your trials and tribulations, as I talked about in this in the mythological story earlier, they have all stood to you and you've got you've had such um roller coaster it was horrible and it done a lot of damage to me go with that your your story around that damage um a long time you know I tried to fit in so there's one thing you can't fit in with is your features and your height and certain things you just can't change right um moving to Ireland was a choice that I had made because I didn't want my children growing up in the area we were in and um 
moving to a small village in Ireland, you stick out like a sore thumb, constantly being reminded they don't by people saying, where are you from? Can hurt. But I'm past that stage. But that's just a point that, you know, um, that really stuck with me for a while. And um, other things like that. Now through my journey of self-love, which I will get to, I all of them things are just I embrace myself so much every flaw every I'm perfectly imperfect and that's absolutely fine but back then them things would have played on my mind so when I moved to Ireland got out of the modeling got away from all of that kind of stuff um and I wasn't looking for love I really wasn't I was happy with just myself and the two kids and um just happy out you know working away and building a life and then love came and smacked me around the head (laughs) you well deserved it (laughs) (laughs) and um I went on I'm I'm married to a lovely Galway man and I went on to have five more children and um I now have four grandchildren and um everything's great like I feel completely treasured and everything but I always thought sometime he's going to actually wake up from whatever spell he's under and realize who I am and that I'm not good looking and that I'm not ideal and all these wonderful things. Every morning he'd wake up and say, good morning, beautiful. And I thought one day he's going to realize I'm not. And what will happen to me then? So I suppose I threw myself into work. I threw myself into having children. I threw myself into doing lots of things, very extreme. Like I would, um, I was a hair and makeup artist back then and I wanted to win awards. I'd go and do them. Then I decided one year I'll be on every Irish channel or my work would be on every Irish channel um, on TV. And I did that. In 2016, I decided I was going to do a triathlon. (laughs) I decided that at um, New Year's Eve and I completed that in April. Um, I did mad, wild, extreme things. And everyone would be like, oh, you're Wonder Woman, you have seven kids, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing that. And actually, it was a bit of an addiction to do these things for the approval of other people, Mm. for people to say, oh, wow, Sharon, you know, or that Sharon D is brilliant. Have you seen what she's up to? Or, oh, look at her, who does she think she is? But I didn't mind either way, just once I was being noticed and once people wanted to talk to me or talk about me I didn't mind so age 40 then I decided to enter a beauty pageant (laughs) (laughs) and I was crowned the first ever Miss Curves Island and I was I went back to modeling that year as well funny enough and I was flying to the UK doing a few jobs but I was doing it on my terms I was no longer doing it like just because I had to I was picking and choosing And I was at a curvy convention in England and they decided, you know what, Ireland needs this. Um, There's no place for women to feel, women that are any bit curvy to feel comfortable in a fashion show or, you know, as a makeup artist and every woman that sat on my chair would always have a complaint about their body, about how they looked, about their face. It was, I realised that it was actually just I'm going to use the word pandemic but it really was it was something that everybody had was to 
be cruel to themselves, to abuse themselves and to really talk dirt to themselves and do it publicly in front of other people. And I was just like, wow, you know, all these people that I thought were really cool and loved themselves and everything else, I realized none of us really did at that point. So I, anyway, carried on with violence, got curves and all the rest of it. Then in 2019, I'd felt myself getting sluggish and getting, um, you know, pain and that. I put it down to old age and that kind of thing. 2019, after Islands Got Curves that year, I suffered a massive burnout. Now, I never really, you know, you hear people burn out and you'd say, oh, Wall Street executives burning out or whatever. Sure. <laughs> um, wow. I couldn't even speak. And as you can tell, I like to talk. <laughs> I was on Couch Island for um, a good while. I couldn't talk, couldn't walk, was in pain. Um, was Suddenly I went from this superhero wonder woman to not being able to like get my own food, having to be waited on. And having my kids have to wait on me. I was this super mum, right? And now... They had to ask me if they could hug me because I was sore. Okay. Was that a catalyst for you, Sharon? Then it was obviously something that, that, that you know, the way I know for me, I have a catalyst to change my, 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 my course. Um, and also a course of my life. I mean, the trajectory of my life, but like, I think at times when we don't listen to our body and we don't let, you know, and we're not coming from our authentic self, as in we're, we're, we're everything we do are based on these beliefs as you're being very openly and honest about the belief that it's for somebody else, that outer authority, as opposed to listening to the inner authority. Absolutely. And I suppose people listening to this might think, God, she's telling her soul here or whatever. But that was part of my journey. You see, Absolutely. I'd reached so low that I said, I, you know, what am I going to do? Like I'd gone from running a triathlon to not being able to get to my garden gate, you know. Um, I went to the doctor and he offered me antidepressants. Mm -hmm. And if anyone needs antidepressants, by all means, go for it and take them. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But just for me, it wasn't my story. As soon as I heard that word, something inside of me snapped. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, that's not me. And then I started looking at how to cure myself. I was later diagnosed with fibromyalgia, but at the time I didn't know that. And I was looking at myself thinking, how am I going to get better? And then I started researching online and I found horror stories. And it made me worse for a bit. And then I decided, no, this has to get better. And I started watching things like Tony Robbins and, you know, different motivational speakers, different things. And I said, yeah. I'm going to cure myself from this. I'm going to get out of this. So um, started with gratitude. It's funny, things like meditation, yoga, gratitude, crystal, all this stuff I used to think was a bit wishy-washy and I used to think was a bit foo-foo. I used to think it was for people that had more time and money on their hands than I did. Um, by God, was I wrong. <laughs> I really learned that by starting from gratitude and starting appreciating things and starting working on my own self-love journey I managed to get off that couch Absolutely, and um, 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's what, uh, like, I know I keep going back to it, but I suppose I'm just out of this deep journey with some women is that, like, when we disassociate from one part of our body and those traits that are the listening to the body, they're more the feminine part, the go, 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 the go, go, the action orientated, you know, looking for the outer authority. They're all very masculine traits. Um, and when we don't have the balance of listening to our truth, then definitely what you experienced really is like, um, is the, you know, it is the when we go back in then to the to the listening to ourselves that we're going to find the balance and the self love that that people do call the wishy washy things. I love the way you're very honest in saying that because I think that's one of the reasons why some women do go away from those kind of things like gratitude and all that because it has bad rap nearly uh, because it's it's more associated with the soft you know maybe uh, less powerful feminine energy that whether we're a man or woman we all have inside of us. Absolutely. And um, we also need to look out for others as well, because, you know, definitely in rural islands, there's this thing about mayfane, you know, self-love and it's like it's selfish. Yeah. You know, and um, I would have thought the same way as well. If someone asked me if I had my last mouthful of bread and a starving child next to me, would I eat it or give it to my child and I used to say of course I'd give it to my child like I would give my last crumb to my child and now I realize no I wouldn't I would eat it and then I would go and find more food for my child Mm. because without me and without me loving myself without me looking after myself caring for myself I can't give that to other people if I don't have that myself and if I do give it to other people as I learned it would be a very watered-down version. It wouldn't be my full yes. self. And it wouldn't last for long without burnout, you know. I Absolutely. learned that the hard way. So I, I put together my tool belt of practices, not just gratitude, but there's many things that I, I'm now a self-love coach and I teach these things to other people so they don't have to get as low as I got. Dolores, I'd never, ever thought about suicide until I did Mm. and that was the lowest point I'd got to the stage where I would think yes I have seven children yes I have a husband yes I have all of these people but they'd be better off without me and what part of your journey was that Sharon that was when I was on couch island (laughs) when you were in 2019 when you went through your burnout okay okay Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, I drove myself to a river and then I thought how stupid I was because I'm a great swimmer. (laughs) So I couldn't even get that right, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. But you are very inspirational. And I think that, I mean, all you need to do is go onto your site, Ireland's Got Curves, because your mission and your purpose and your values in the short sentences that I read this morning, you know, they are what they're and they're you know that they're authentic because they're coming from you now that has gone through this journey and is coming from a, such a more authentic place because it's a very welcoming website. I love all the things that you say on it, you know, about it's just really about letting people. Oh, my goodness. We all want we all have this basic desire, uh, the, the, the foundational needs we have as per Maslow's hierarchy of needs and so many other things. Is to just feel like we belong, and also to feel like that we're heard and we see, and that we're seen 
for who we truly are. And I think that the space that you offer people is certainly a space that offers that to others and they can feel it from your website. Yeah, I think definitely, I suppose to sum it up, because I know there's so much more I could say and I'm (laughs) going to be talking forever to you. But to sum it up, it's kind of like this. For a long time, I put a Band-Aid on a gaping wound and it was never going to hold. It was never going to heal. Um, I I haven't dieted or anything for, you know, um, definitely not last year or the year before. But I've since I've not dieted, I've lost, I've lost three stone because I I've it. not dieted. <laughs> I've not thought about food in that way. I use food as a crush to fill these things, you know, this emptiness. And I don't blame anyone. I have an amazing, amazing um, husband. He's absolute the rock you know of my life he's an absolute king to me and um I'm so grateful and thankful for him but now I can be myself and appreciate him it's leveled up before I kind of felt like I wasn't enough and I was lucky and holding on a little bit desperate to be honest and um now he's just loving my journey he's loving the new me you know um and people around me are but I suppose what happened was I used food as a crutch back then so I used to feel myself emotionally eat and everything else and people say about Islands Got Curves well aren't you promoting obesity and things like that and I say no do you know something if you feel bad about how you look and society is constantly at you about how you look and making you feel not good enough, you're going to eat more. You're actually going to try to fulfill your emotions with food. You're going to actually feel you're not good enough anyway. So what does it matter if you're an extra stone? Yeah. Only, I when, you're yeah. Happy, only when you're happy and you truly feel worthy and deserving and you truly feel happy in yourself. I, you know, I don't think I'd ever be thin. Um, I'm just going to be me. Whatever size that lands at, I'm just going to be me. But I'm not going to put on weight and stuff myself because I'm unhappy. And I'm not going to starve myself because I'm unhappy. I'm just going to be me. Because we run these um, walks for Operation Transformation and I'm very involved with the GA. On Twitter, publicly, you know, why would you why would you uh, associate something with the, the diet loss, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to go into it, the story, obviously, but like, you know, it's funny how I think I think things trigger other people because like what what we were like, I, I see your mission and I never even thought of it like that, to be quite honest, because it doesn't trigger that story inside of me. Nor when I was organizing walks for a community of people, was it ever about um, about body image. It was about having given yourself, given mums mainly who turn up the actual just time, the space to go out for a walk together. So isn't it amazing how people take different slants on such a, a wonderful thing, things that we try to do? <laughs> Yes, it is. It is. And I suppose, look, we're living in a toxic environment. We're scrolling through our phones. Even you take for Valentine's Day yesterday, for example. Um, There's people who were single and feeling lonely. There were people who had probably had a row and had flowers thrown at them and took a picture of them and put them up. 
<laughs> there were people that were genuinely in a loving relationship and put that up. There were people that were, look, we were scrolling through fee feeds of chocolates, hearts, you know, teddy bears, champagne, whatever it was. And it can get to you. It didn't get to me. And whatever myself and my husband did yesterday, I felt no need to put up on social media because I'm happy in myself. It's it's a really amazing place. I leveled up so much through my illness. Um, and that's why I can teach other people. And how that all started was um, I co-authored a book and it was the best-selling book in 2020 about self-love called Love Thy Body. And um, from that, people contacted me saying, can you talk on my platform? You know, bear in mind, we've gone into lockdown and everyone was talking on people's platforms everywhere. But it meant I could reach out in America mainly and different places. And you realize that we've all got the same story, you know, whether it's weight, whether it's money, whether it's friendships, whether it's relationships, whatever it is, we can actually control and give ourselves the life we want. And it, it's a lot easier than we think, but we're so bogged down with all the toxic social media, all the everyone telling us what we should be, could be, oh, have stop. to be. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> you know? So once we shred all of that and we decide, get raw and get down to it and go out to nature, go out to the woods, as I say, and just get that solitude and silence and actually start putting your priorities, your priorities, not anyone else's and I mean that sounds selfish but the thing is when your priorities are fulfilled once you've got your morals and you're honest and you're kind and you're doing things from a kind place I'm not saying go out and just do what you want and be completely self-centered but once you have the pattern of your life you know you can live it you can gain it you can get it any human being can get whatever any other human being's got and oh my we've goodness. got such to do that but we don't realize it and I love that oh my goodness I could talk to you all day and that's the power you know again the, the word power is in the word empowerment so it is all about our personal power and our and empowerment is not about uh, overpowering anyone it's about being truly truly authentic stepping into our own personal power Sharon tell us more about your about your upcoming event and how people can go along if they wish or are you doing it hybrid or tell us more about it perfect I will um I just want to say one more point because even bigger to me than promoting my event right now is that people are truly you know be authentic yes. people that's my message be authentic live authentically because when you drop the masks when you drop the pretense it's like a big weight off your shoulder you're free you can live to be you and you know don't hide behind what if someone talks about me they're gonna talk let them talk exactly none of your business whether they talk about you or not if it's not you it'll be someone else what your business is about is you your family and what you can give to the world and I have so much to give to everyone just because I've become that more complete in myself so I will plug my event but if anyone wants to just reach out for a chat if anyone's you know feeling stuck I can help you along a journey I can save you a lot of time emotions energy and everything that I went through 
So, um, yeah, feel free to reach out for me. But the event, Islands Got Curves, as I said, it started off, it's evolving. And um, this year is, so it's a curvy convention. And we say a curvy convention because on the catwalk, we have from size 12 up to size 36, I think. And um, there's a catwalk show, there's fashion, there's pop-up shops with somber demonstrations, with twerking demonstrations, um, you know, hair, makeup, competitions, the whole kind of lot like that. We also have some amazing guest speakers. And they're going to speak a bit like I spoke today. And they're going to actually, you know, each has a different story that, you know, people are going to relate to. So we have some guest speakers at it. Um, it's just a fun day out. You don't have to be size 12 and plus to come. You can come any size. We're not going to weigh anyone at the door. As I say, when I went to fashion shows with my friends, none of the clothes would fit me. And I still went along and enjoyed myself. So it's just a really lovely, empowered day out. It's on Sunday, the 3rd of April, and it's in Westmanstown Convention Centre in Dublin. Um, so, yeah, islandscotcurves.com. Uh, you can get any tickets or information there uh, if you go to the events page or um, Eventbrite. Or I think you could just probably Google it at this stage. <laughs> Oh, that's great, Sharon. Yeah, no, it, it all sounds so wonderful. And as you say, you know, very truthfully there, I mean, like it's an event that I'd love to go to because I can imagine if, if the if the stories are, you know, inspirational. I mean, that's what we all want to hear. It doesn't matter whether we're... And, you know, my last episode actually was I was talking to uh, Nicola Wolf about menopause. And, you know, there is, you know, women, I'm struggling with that at the moment where the menopausal weight, you know, and that's a that can be a big thing for people and I know Nicola talked about that because you know it's it's we need to it's not just maybe that we we for someone that might be have weight when they're younger it's at a certain time in our life too that women who may have never struggled with weight before struggle so isn't it a different parts of our life that we can actually we might need this help <laughs> yeah and actually as you speak there it just occurred to me um Island's Got Curves is never about weight. Yes. <laughs> the funny thing is, when we're at the event, it's never about anything like that. It's just a really amazing day out, empowered day out. If you want to get a buzz, just come along. Um, and I mean that, you know, I just thought about it there. We're talking about Island's Got Curves and weight and all of this. It's never really about that anyway, you know. <laughs> No, and that's good. And I'm glad you brought that up because, um, yeah, you know, I know personally, I suppose I'm, th I'm thinking about myself too, where like I never struggled with, the, I was just lucky enough, I had a very high metabolism, but I have got this lovely menopausal belly now. <laughs> um, and it, it, it did get me down because, you know, none of my clothes fit it. Um, and that's something that, you know, it can get to us on, on a certain level, but it's about changing the mindset then. It's not always about, um, about, oh my goodness, I need to get rid of this weight. It's about embracing as well that this is a part of your life and this is one of the things that happens when you get to this age or whatever. So yes, it, it is more mindset. I would look at it as well. So thanks for bringing up that point. Yeah, I mean, it's like myself with my nose that I talk about years ago. I such a problem my whole life. 45 years I had a problem with my nose and suddenly I realized um gosh you know my ancestors um came over as indenture workers to Trinidad and they took risks and they built up and they end up owning the town and they did so well and they're absolute warriors of the world and they have my nose <laughs> what a pressure 
what a privilege it is to have their nose. I love it. I mean, how ridiculous was I, you know? I love it, Sharon. I love it. I love that achievement. It's a shift in a mindset, isn't it? Absolutely. There's so many women that don't reach menopause. Do you know what an honour and privilege it is to go through what I would say the third conversation we never have and reach menopause and go through it, you know? For sure. Well, I've really enjoyed this conversation, Sharon. I know for a fact we could stay here for several more hours because there's so many things we could think we could talk about, but you'll have to come back on and tell us more maybe later in the year. Thanks a million, Sharon, for joining us. And I think it's, it's you know, it, it is inspirational to talk to someone that, uh, when you're so honest about your journey to date and so many things that you've shared with us uh, and that it is okay and that whatever it is, we don't have to be defined by our past, but we can certainly bring our past with us and take our action from there, knowing that we've gone through this and we can evolve from it. Absolutely. We never make mistakes. We only mistake things and then learn. Love it. Sharon, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Women's Empowerment Podcast. If you want to work with me further or find out more information about the work I do, you can visit my corner at the web, www.delorisandrew.com.